you've heard about it you've read about it perhaps you've even experienced it at this point there is a labor shortage happening here in the u.s in today's episode we're going to talk about that labor shortage we're going to talk about the pros and the cons but mostly i'm going to be presenting this as a positive because i think that although there are negative implications and there will be some uh, adjustment and a period of adjustment i think overall it's going to be a good thing and it is happening naturally and we're going to get into that in just one second Welcome back to Sunshine Thoughts Podcast. I'm your host, Carl, and I hope you had a wonderful, wonderful Thanksgiving. We took a few days off, but we're back at it. Now, this topic is so, so deep, and I'm going to try to be as efficient as possible. So let's pretty much just jump right in. Uh, I'm going to be talking about one of the cons. I really think there's only one major con. If there's another kind of, you know, secondary con or negative thing about this I'll be sure to mention that if it pops up in my head but I'm going to be talking more about why this is a good thing and we're going to be dipping in and out kind of of why this is a good thing and what caused this good thing because I think the two are very interrelated and let me state at the top of this episode and I want to state this emphatically please understand I do not believe COVID itself in absolute terms, caused this labor shortage. It was more of a domino effect that was caused by COVID. So one of those things was that people got laid off, like people were getting laid laid off in droves. And it wasn't my man or my sister in the top corporate office who got laid off. What they got told is, hey guys, we're gonna give you a laptop. You're gonna work from home. And we're just going to check in on you and we're going to have virtual meetings. We're going to move everything to the virtual space because we are set up to do that. (laughs) We have infrastructure to do that. We have technology to do that. And we could always do that. But now we really have to do that. Um, And so that's what they did. But it was the restaurant workers and it was the bartenders and it was the, the low wage community who got told, hey, listen, You can come back when the restrictions are lifted, but right now you're laid off and we're sorry, but there's nothing we can do because we got to stay open and we can't afford to pay you as a staff person and stay open because we're just not making money. Now, here's the thing. I understand that I am not demonizing these businesses, especially these small businesses. Please don't get it twisted. What I'm saying is that it caused a shift in the mindset and that people saw that. Wait a minute my livelihood can be taken away like this. And I don't love my livelihood like that. I don't love my livelihood enough for them to tell me on a whim, your paycheck is stopping. You're no longer employed here for the time being. And we wish you the best. (laughs) Because the truth is, is that I am only working this low wage job because of the paycheck. I'm not here because I love it here. I'm not here because this job does my mental health so much good. Now, that's the situation for some people, no doubt, but I'm talking in general. So let me jump right into the first point. Or before we get to the first point, let me mention a con really quickly. I know I said pros and cons in the introduction, but it's mostly pros, my brothers and my sisters. You got to deal with it how we come in, right? So the con is, is that we're inconvenienced. Americans are not used to 
being inconvenienced on this level. An example of this kind of inconvenience on our parts can be seen in a couple articles I read this week from Business Insider. One article was of a guy who sold solar panels and he was like, I can't get enough installers. And he, quote, raised the minimum, not the minimum wage, but he raised his wage to $13 an hour. And I'm just like, what was it before then? <laughs> but anyway, if you're trying to get solar panels installed, you're going to have to either pay extra or you're going to have to wait longer because there are just not enough installers, at least in like his state is what he was saying in his area. Anyway, he wasn't the only one experiencing that. I also saw an article for baristas. There was an article where there was a coffee shop owner. She couldn't find enough baristas. She couldn't even secure interviews. She had like five or seven interviews lined up and like two or three of them showed up. The rest of them didn't come. She had people who came and then or who accepted the offer, but then they they never showed up to work. And this is not just small coffee shops. This is all the way up to the chain uh, restaurants because there's a Starbucks all the way down the street from me in, uh, you know, in my city. And I went on, you know, it's relatively new. I went on Google reviews to just see how it was. Is it good? And people were like, you know, it's okay. Now, mind you, this was just built this summer. They just got here during the pandemic. And the guy uh, who, or one of the reviewers, uh, but many of them were saying, yeah, no, it's a 20 minute wait. So many people said 20 minutes. I was like, okay, that must be a thing. And they all were like, just go during off peak hours because you're minimum going to wait 20 minutes for a simple like latte or a simple frappuccino or whatever the case is. Um, and so I was like, you know what? I'm not going to go during peak hours. And I've went a few times now. I always I'll go off peak hours. And that means it's during the week. It's usually later at night. And it's still a line a lot of the times, and it's still a significant wait time as opposed to what I'm used to. So really, we have labor shortage happening everywhere. And so whether you're building something or installing something on your house or going to a favorite restaurant, you're probably going to be dealing with it in some form or fashion. But I want to digress to that or from that because I want to get to the bulk of what we're going to be talking today. Uh, about which is why this is a good thing and this first point got me hyped for real for real because i i mean this is just i'm i feel passionate about it because i have experienced this what we're talking about is the first major reason they're one of two this is one of two the first major reason why this labor shortage is going to be a good thing in the long run and that is quality of life number one is quality of life my brothers and my sisters, let me have you understand something. Lord, help me, Jesus. Companies like the grocery stores and, you know, the McDonald's and the Wendy's of the world and uh, Chili's and Applebee's. I want you to understand that they are not even set up to concern themselves with their employees quality of life. And a lot of you might be like, well, that's not true because they have health insurance. I'm one of those people who feel like health insurance is just kind of like a given. It should be something that's just bare minimum. So if you disagree with me ideologically, I don't know what to tell you, but that's how I feel. If you provide a health insurance plan, whoop de doo in my opinion. So let's talk about what really counts, quality of life and quality of time spent at work, because these are two different things and they are failing at both. And to a degree, we need to stop expecting them not to fail because they are not set up to be successful at it. So first of all, quality of life. I want you to understand that McDonald's, Chili's, Applebee's, they work 
in certain spaces when it comes to human resources. McDonald's is the easiest example. I'm not trying to target them, but it's just the easiest thing as far as culturally. We all know that McDonald's has a certain connotation when it comes to people who work in their store on a non-management level. It's looked at as a first job all the time. It may not be a first job, but that's how people view McDonald's. And it's for a good reason. McDonald's has historically taken advantage of a certain section of the workforce. And what I mean by take advantage is they usually hire people who are in some form of transition. They are hiring kids who are in high school who do not want to work here later. They're just here for a job. They hire people who maybe need a job because they need some experience. And so they go to McDonald's because McDonald's is hiring and I need some experience. They hire people who want to open up McDonald's franchises. And those people have to, in order to own their own franchise, have to have some sort of experience. Or if they want to manage one, they have to have some sort of experience. So they'll hire those people. They're perhaps immigrants who come from other countries who they need, a, again, first job. So they go to McDonald's. This is a stepping stone kind of job is what I'm saying. The same thing for a lot of these grocery stores, for a lot of these restaurants. They know, we know, everybody know this is no one's dream job, really. And for one or two people, there might be they may be retired and they just love their local Applebee's. God bless you, sis or bro, wherever you are in America. But most people do not feel that way. And they hire people knowing this. So this is why I don't consider them evil or anything like that. This is just a fact. And because of that, they don't really care that, you know, someone's mental health is struggling right now, not as a corporation. They'll leave that for the management to care about. But here's the thing. The management in these places is often ill-equipped they're often ill-experienced. They really have no management skills because at the end of the day, and this is the main point I'm making, these jobs, these companies on this level especially, they exist to do nothing but to get the job done. They're not trying to delight their customers. They're not trying to provide a superb and superior customer experience. They're not trying to change the world. They're not trying to increase the livelihoods and the happiness of the demos. They are really here to sell burgers. They're really here to sell drinks at the bar and a dollar, you know, happy hour for Applebee's. They're really here to provide money for their pockets and they know that if they provide good enough service, you'll not have a reason to not come back. So Kroger, McDonald's, Chili's, Applebee's, Pathmark. I used to work at a Pathmark. These, that's a grocery store for those of you who don't know. These, these companies, they're here to do what they've been doing. And you might say, well, that's every company, Carl. It is not every company. Most companies fall into that eventually. But a lot of companies start off trying to do some good. Facebook started off that way. We talked, we had a uh, podcast episode about Facebook. Go back and listen to that if you haven't heard uh, the podcast episode, Facebook in the Future. But it started off because it was like, no, we want people to be connected and, you know, this is going to be cool. It started at a college and he was like, let's get everybody connected. I got an episode talking about Elon Musk. Check that out as well. Listen, Elon Musk, he really... In my opinion, he done had money. He used to it by now. You can kind of tell it ain't some new money thing with him. He really wants to change the game. He really wants to get to Mars. 
but that's his thing like he's not doing spacex because you know he racking in the dough like he really trying to get humanity to mars that speaks to an underlying belief that speaks to an underlying impetus actually an underlying motivation that i am trying to do something for people and unfortunately and you might feel differently but unfortunately mcdonald's ain't trying to do that right now your local mcdonald's don't care like that wendy's just trying to get you in and out of the drive through in under a certain amount of seconds you know it and i know that and it's happening to a lot of companies I don't know what Starbucks started as, but that's pretty much their thing now. They're trying to get you in and out with your drink correct and you coming back later when you need some more caffeine. Dunkin' Donuts does the same. Come here every morning for your morning coffee. We got you. You're depressed. All right. Well, hope you're okay later. But, you know, anyway, your total is this. Here's the truth. They've never really been, most of them anyway, interested in anything else. They're, they're here to provide you a product or service and they want you to buy it. Here's where the quality of life comes in. They want their people there to facilitate that. That is it. That's all. You're here to do the order. You're here to make the fries, and we don't care except that you're here to do that. When I graduated college, I went to a quote-unquote real job, a good job opposed to the bad job I had at the grocery store. When I need a day off, I used to email and say, and this is this is this is PTSD right here. This is trauma. Hey, sorry, but two days from now, I need to take a day off because da 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 sent to my manager. My manager would literally pop her head up out of her cubicle and say, OMG, Carl, you don't need to tell me. And she didn't really have an attitude, but she was just like, Carl, like, you don't need to tell me why you need a day off. Like, just take it. It's fine. And I had to disabuse myself of the notion that I had to explain why I needed a day off because that doesn't exist in these low-level jobs. They want a whole doctor's note if you take a day off. Why? Because they care about your, your health, your mental health, your physical health? No, because that means you're not going to be there to take the order and make the fries. When I had a, a phone call, if I was dealing with something and I did deal with things because I am a human... It was like, OK, I need to take this call. I had a coworker who was buying a house. He told me at the start of the process, listen, man, I'm buying this house and I'm going to be in and out. I'm be taking phone calls. I apologize in advance. But could you just, you know, and I was like, of course, bro, I got you like, yo, I hope everything goes well. And it did. He bought the house. Big ups to Ryan. Congratulations on your house, bro. Even though it's years later, I did congratulate you in person, though. Anyway. It wasn't some issue where he was getting in trouble because his realtor was calling him. He would step away for two, three minutes because the, it was business calls. It wasn't like, you know, how are you doing? And he would come back. And it wasn't some, oh, my goodness, you're stealing company time. No, I'm salary. It's fine. If you need me to stay late, it's fine. But they didn't need him to stay late. They just needed him to get the job done and to delight the customers and to provide the customers he had the book of business for an excellent experience. And his phone calls wasn't taken away from that. But see, at these low-level jobs, the drama is so ridiculous because these managers are often, again, ill-equipped. They're not supposed to be in these positions anyway. They sold a certain amount. They've been here a long amount, a long amount of time. And so here you go, throw them a management role, throw them a name badge, and now they own the place. And a lot of the times you have what I call obsessive management, and this leads to a poor 
quality of life because now you got to see me in my office because you just texted on a, on the floor and really you texting to see you know one of the hospital visiting hours are because your cousin or your mother or your brother you know is in the hospital for something and now you bought the risk being fired because you're just trying to get to the hospital to see your your loved one but you know it's mcdonald's so we we, we can't do that here and this is a poor quality of life. And this is why it's good. This is why the labor shortage is good, because what it is, it's a statement against that nonsense. Because when I was making 10 times more, the drama was decreased by 150 percent. Why is it that when I'm making $10 an hour, I'm dealing with and being, quote unquote, professional, like, you know, I'm making $100,000 a year. But the people who make $100,000 a year, they don't have to deal with that nonsense. And you might say, well, Carl. They got degrees. They got experience. Let me tell you something, person who says this. <laughs> this is another reason for the labor shortage. There are so many people out here with degrees working at McDonald's and working at Starbucks. And they're not supposed to be in this transitory phase anymore. They are done with high school. They're not in high school anymore. Some of these people are seniors in college. They got enough skill to do many of these jobs out here that are quote unquote real jobs, but somebody else hasn't retired. And, you know, so they got to wait now and they've been waiting. Some of these people are graduated from college years ago and they're still working at places like Starbucks because they just can't find a job. And so some, what some of, what some of them do, excuse me, is that they actually go back to school. And so there is a good chance that the person making your Frappuccino has a master's degree or is in pursuit of one. And I want you to understand that that quality of life is horrible. And let me say this, uh, this, this is not the last thing, but this will probably be the penultimate thing. There are people now who are making with their bachelor's degrees, $12 an hour, $13 an hour, maximum $15 an hour working part-time, maybe full-time at a Home Depot, at, at a uh, Starbucks, at a Kroger, at a McDonald's. And they are making because they're making that they're not even they're making maybe twenty five thousand dollars a year if they're full time. This is how much they're making. And I want you to understand this, especially if you are old enough to to um to witness to this, because an older person told me this when I was in high school. He said that they're in the 80s and in the late 70s, all the way through the 80s, really. He said you could graduate from high school and some of y'all like so y'all going to say amen to this. You could graduate from high school and you could immediately head over to the GM plant. You could immediately head over to the Ford plant. You could immediately head over to the, the, the city wastewater treatment plant. And you could start off making $30,000 a year with no experience, with no education other than your high school education, which meant something. And there you were. And guess what? You could on that $30,000 a year salary afford to save enough money to eventually buy a home and, of course, get married and have kids, all that stuff. Now, I want you to understand. Now, some of y'all like, yeah, that's true. That, that was a thing. Now, listen to this. The same person 40 years later graduates from not high school, but college and is told we're going to give you a raise because we got a labor shortage going on. We're going to give you an extra incentive to come work for us with your college 
degree having self and we're going to give you $15 an hour. Doesn't that sound great? No, it does not. $15 an hour after taxes works out to just over $25,000 a year, which means that you are making less money 40 years later with more education and sometimes more experience than your parents and your grandparents had when they were making more money than you in at your age or before your age. What kind of quality of life do you expect you're going to have 40 years later? What kind of house you buying? The statistics are in and they are real. Millennials and Generation Z to follow us are buying houses at a much smaller clip. The birth rate has continued to decline. It has been falling off a cliff the last 10, 15 years because people are not having babies anymore. Why? Because babies are expensive and you need a home to put them in a lot of times. And so or you feel like you need a home to put them in. And so you say, well, I'm going to I'm going to delay until I get a better job until I get a better job. And what happens is that the system is not set up for you to do that. And what this labor shortage is representing is people saying that if I am going to live in poverty, if I'm going to live and not have enough to ever get the things that I that I was told I should get, if I am never going to be able to work this job and retire from this job and make decent money and have quality of life, then I would rather just leave and struggle. I would rather just leave and miss meals and be out in the open seas and hope for the best. At least then I'll have a chance to apprehend the thing that I want because here I don't have a chance. And there are people out there who are saying, I'm not going back to the restaurant industry because if I do that, then I'm going to get more of what I've already had. And I don't want that. I applaud you. Do the gig economy. Start your own business. Start a YouTube channel. Do what you got to do to put food in your be- in your belly and on your table for your kids if you have them. But if you have decided that insecurity with hope is better than security with paltry and poverty living you ought to be (laughs) proud of yourself and this labor shortage is a good thing because it is forcing these companies to look at what the situation is and it is forcing the government the governing body most importantly the people who vote for the government It is forcing us to take a hard look at what our country is supposed to be and what it's supposed to do for we the people. And you can talk all you want, but when the money start missing, things start happening. And I hope that what starts happening is that we start to realize that although this is going to be hard, although this is going to be a rough transition, and I do believe it will be, it's ultimately going to be for the better because if you can't provide a good quality of life and a job, then you need to create better jobs, period. If there's a job out there that you can work full time and you could work 50 hours a week and you can't afford to buy a house, something needs to change. The houses need to go down or the wages need to go up. Something has to happen and something happening is better than nothing happening. And what we were doing pre-COVID, I believe, was nothing. 
it was just happening to us and people were writing articles and people were taking surveys and people were realizing, oh, this is an issue. We're not having babies. We're not buying houses. But now we see that something is happening. People have decided I'm not going to live like that. And I think that's a good thing. The second reason this is ultimately going to be a good thing and although it will cause some waves initially and those waves will be turbulent. Uh, the second reason is something called automation or AI, artificial intelligence. That's what AI stands for. And I think it'll be a solution to our problem in this way. We just got finished talking about low wage workers. We just got finished talking about how they are really not treated that well. They are not looked after like other skilled employees are. And I think that machines can help with that because if you don't want to care about the thing working for you, hire or create a thing. People are not things. You don't need people because you don't care. And if you don't care, you don't need no people. So hire a machine. I was I was uh, I was reading an article and it was talking about how, you know, a lot of Amazon workers were complaining that they were being clocked for going to the bathroom. And there's a company called Coupang or Coupang in South Korea. They were under scrutiny because a lot of the drivers were dealing with severe depression because they were always working because they have this next day grocery delivery service. Many of their items are next day. And that's a real human that has to do that. A real human or a real group of humans have to do that. And they're not providing that literally life-changing service i gotta pause for this we gotta digress for this one second i want you to understand please appreciate this the fact that you can order your amazon package and receive it in two days is a feat of modern technology that is magic in relation to 200 years ago the fact that you go on a screen you click something, you exert, I mean, the most minimal amount of effort and you basically transfer funds that you do not see, you thereby do not miss a lot of the times and someone drops the thing you ordered on your doorstep from hundreds of miles away, sometimes a day later, that is nothing short of what the ancients would have called magic and I want you to appreciate that a human being has to work for that to happen. And they're not getting paid like miracle workers should be paid. <laughs> they're getting paid low wages and they're dealing with high drama. And this is what we need to appreciate. So I just want I just want I, I needed to pause for the cause for that. But this is a solution for these people like Amazon and Coupang. If you want to monitor your employees' bathroom usage, you don't need human employees, okay? You need some, like, robots. You need some machines because what if something happens on the way to the bathroom? What if someone texts you? What if you found out that, hey, I went in here for number one, but I just had some crazy food and it's, it's, it's telling me something different? You got some issues now in the bathroom. And that might be a little comical, but, like, let's call it what it is. You are in the bathroom, like... Why do you have to explain to anybody why your bathroom trip took six minutes instead of three? That is almost inhumane to me. Like, 
that's not something we need to talk about. Like it take how long it take. Just know that humans have bodily functions that need to be facilitated and it's going to take what it take. It might take me one minute. It might take me two or three minutes, but that's none of your business. Really? I ain't, you know, I'm not in here like smoking a joint. I'm in here using the bathroom and <laughs> I need to get off this cause I could really be on this for 10 minutes, but automation is a solution. Amazon hire a machine. They don't go to the bathroom. Okay. They, they, <laughs> and I, I just got to scratch. I just got to scratch my head on this cause it's so simple of a solution. And uh, just to get, provide another example, me and my friends go to Starbucks. Uh, I was talking to my friends about this. Actually, uh, Javon and Zaniah Blue. Check out their podcast. Uh, Zaniah has a podcast called Lessons She Learned. Javon has Kingdom Talks podcast. Check both their podcasts out. Excellent, excellent communicators. So we were talking and we, you know, we go to Starbucks. So we like, listen, Starbucks is struggling. And we were talking about their mobile app. And here's how automation so- solves a problem. In my opinion, what's happening with Starbucks is that you have you have potentially thousands of people ordering on their app, you know, not just daily, but even in half a day, potentially they could have a thousand people order. You only have five employees or six employees maximum working there. But with the labor shortage, a lot of the times you got more like three or four employees working there. The customers haven't stopped wanting Starbucks coffee. It's just y'all ain't got the people. And now what you're having is you're having these 20 minute wait times for a latte. You're having to wait 15 minutes for a coffee with with a shot of espresso in it. And it's like, what? Hire a machine. You cannot keep up with the amount of orders. And a lot of you might be saying at this juncture, and I do want to address you because I think you're coming from a good place. Well, you know, that hurts jobs, Carl. It hurts jobs to, to do that. And what you're... What you're saying, Carl, is you want to take jobs away from people and you want to give it to a machine so these corporations can save money. No, what I want to do is lean into what the corporations are already trying to do, which is pay the least amount of money for the maximum amount of effort. Hire a machine if that's the case. Because you might want everybody to have a job, but what I'm saying is that everybody should have a good job. Because if you got to have a job, have a good one. If you go and spend 40 hours of your week, 50 hours. If you want to spend that much time in that many years working, have a, have a good job. And I want to let you know that these companies are not interested again in making sure that the cashier who doesn't replace the machine has a good time and a good experience while he's working there. My push is for everyone to have a good job. And you might be saying, well, that's not going to happen. I don't think it will initially, but I think eventually it will happen. Or maybe maybe I'm being optimistic. Let me know your thoughts in an email or, you know, let me know on Instagram or anything like that. But that's what I feel like. Going back to automation, this is a real solution for real people. And let me say this, and this is going to be the last major element of uh, automation. I would rather deal with a machine in a lot of these situations. And some of you know what I'm talking about. Have you ever been to a McDonald's or a Wendy's or a Starbucks or a Chick-fil-A and you know, one of these places that we're talking about and it was good and it was fine. The food was good. The drink was fine. And you went to a different, you know, fill in the blank a week later and it was totally different. It was just the product was different. The taste was different. So there's a consistency thing. Humans are not as consistent when it comes to formulas as machines are because they go according to the code that was written and it's going to be the same thing all the time. 
But more importantly, this is this is way more important than that. The attitude I don't want to deal with. Oh, I got to pause for the cause again. Yo, I got to pause for this one. Listen, I don't go to Chick-fil-A necessarily be delighted, even though I am because Chick-fil-A is just on a different level. But there are some Chick-fil-A's I've been to where it's like, OK, y'all, <laughs> y'all not doing what a lot of these other Chick-fil-A's is doing. There are some locations, there are some stores, and some of y'all know what I'm talking about, where you don't go to that store because you already know the type of attitude you're going to get. And, I mean, you might as well just raise your hand where you are. Raise your hand if you've ever went 20 minutes out the way to avoid the particular location where you knew the service wasn't going to be great or you know the product was going to be subpar. I'm raising my hand literally right now as I record this as a testament to Jesus because it's true in, in Jesus' name. Like, I am not doing all that. I don't want to deal with the attitude. I don't want to deal with the nonsense. So I'm just going to avoid this altogether because people who don't like drama, they don't lean into it. They lean away from it. AI don't do that. You know, and here's the thing. You could blame the employee. You can blame the employer because, you know, the conditions are not good. So, of course, you know, people are not happy. Whatever. Right now, what I'm saying is that the solution is AI. You don't want to be at this drive through window and you, uh, hi, can I help you order? Can I take your order? Yeah, like that that little, you know, I want to be here vibe. <laughs> if that's how you are, great. Like, I understand. But a machine, I don't have to feel any type of way about that. And you might say, well, Carl, you're not, you're not going to experience the great customer service that you do. Like when you go to Chick-fil-A and they're smiling and they're saying, hi, how can I? And that's true. And that might be a little sad, but I'm willing to part with that. Because after all, and this is where we have to be honest with ourselves, I'm really just here to get some some Chick-fil-A or or some <laughs> or, you know, some coffee. And I really appreciate people who go above and beyond and their attitude is is beautiful and their spirit is is kind. I do. I had a I had a guy at a drive through not too recently. I was like, yo, this guy is on it. Like, I, I'm loving the vibe. And that did something for me. But at the end of the day, I know too much to know. I know too much to confer his attitude and his behavior on Taco Bell as an establishment because that was the place I went. It was Taco Bell. Um, I know too much about how this thing works. Like you are cool, but literally when you leave for your shift, the person you replace you could be just a standard, you know, normal, whatever, not bad, not good. Just, you know, and I'll be okay if it was just a machine. And the last piece of criticism for that is of course, well, machines break down and, you know, they don't get stuff right. And what happens when there's a problem? I absolutely agree with that. That's going to be one of the drawbacks. That's that's another con, if you will. And that's especially going to be a con during the transition period. But I will remind you that every piece of technology starts out with a lot of bugs and AI is not new. This is not some, oh, we just got here. You have been hearing AI for the last 10 years when you've called your phone company and they had that little press one <laughs> thing happening for press two if this press three and it's getting better it's already gotten significantly better than that and it's going to keep getting better and what that's going to mean is that you're always going to have to have people a team of people perhaps behind these technologies but that's going to be a better job than actually taking the orders it's better for somebody to be at their house with a headset who's been trained on how to speak to customers in the case of an emergency, how to, you know, to be trained on how to connect to that person's virtual wallet via electronic refund or whatever. 
it, it is, it's better for that person to have that kind of job where they're dealing with issues like that and not being like, hi, can, how, how can I take your order? It's a better job. It will be a better job. And I don't think anyone would disagree with that. And perhaps they're not going to be making super bank, but at least they're not going to have to be working super hard dealing with super crazies in the super public. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's what I think about automation. And I think that when technology gets really, really good, we're not going to miss it. And unfortunately, this is for better or for worse. People are just they're not really they're not really big on seeing people anyway. Most people, when they go out, they're trying to avoid like talking to people. Like, honestly, that's what's happening. That's something that COVID accelerated. And if you're going to miss that, here's where I have something for you. There are these things called communities and you can find them on Facebook. And I'm being sarcastic, but not really. Honestly, you can join a community for that. Join a sewing community, community, join a book club, join any number of communities they have out there so you can get that. So you're not trying to tell the guy at McDonald's about the latest book you read because the 16 year old you're talking to probably doesn't care, honestly. So in closing, let me share with you what I think we as Christians can view this as and the lessons that we can take from this labor shortage and its implications. And I say can because you might view this and its implications a lot differently for me, and that's totally fine. But I think the first lesson we can take is that people are supremely important. They are not only very important, they are the most important. And what we're seeing here is that a part of the cause of this is that businesses are not treating and were not treating their employees like they could have been. And when I say could, I am purposely not saying should. Because what I am saying is that there is a standard of this is good and this is right and this is ideal even. And then I'm saying there's a totally different standard of this is acceptable and this is permissible and this is okay and it is what it is. They were not even hitting that standard. The latter they were not hitting. They're still not hitting it in a lot of places because there is a there going back to what we just talked about with the bathroom situation there is an element of humanity that is missing from the corporate space even even like higher level jobs like, there's this thing called capitalism and you know what let me not say i'm not blaming capitalism because i think capitalism is a is a very good system actually i think that the thing it's it's achilles heel if you will is the appetite for greed that just comes with it so naturally and we are very greedy now here in america and if you're listening outside of america perhaps you're thinking you sure are <laughs> and i'm not mad at you because we are it's it's something so insidious like we just we're so greedy for more we want more money we want more money for less time and less effort and this is this has had an effect and the effect that it's had is that we have prioritized for a very long time people below money if you're sick come in this was pre-covid come in to work the expectation at a lot of these places was hey come in anyway and if you don't come in we're going to give you this little like attitude when you get back there's going to be this tone that we have and there's going to be this line of questioning that we pose when you tell us you can't come in because you're sick because really the deep down 
we feel like you you need to be a team player you know you need to you need to be here that was what pre-covid was like and now it's like they're telling people if you're sick don't don't come into work why why do why are we telling people that now is wasn't that always what it was on paper maybe but the cdc and the government and all these other entities they know that's not really how it worked people feel like they should come in because that's the culture in a lot of places but what that speaks to is that there is a placement of priorities that has the way you feel physically way underneath what we need to get done here in the office. That is a real thing. And as Christians, we need to reprioritize. We need to double down on the fact that people matter most. If you're listening and you're a business owner, I want you to audit yourself. I want you to judge yourself because the Bible says that if you judge yourselves, then you don't have need for another to judge you. I want you to think about the way you treat your people. If you're not a business owner and you're a parent, I want you to think the way you think about the way you run your house. If you that kind of parent, when you get home, you got to turn a roof upside down on this place because the kids playing video games and you've been working all day and they lazy. I want you to understand that you ain't got to be, you know, you ain't got to be going crazy because, you know, things are not working the way you want it to work. Sit down and explain some things. Your employees should not be scared of you. Your children should not be scared of you. Your spouse should not be scared of you. How are you treating the people who you are responsible for? This is not a podcast on how to parent. This is not a podcast on how to be a business leader per se, but it is an episode describing this whole podcast in general is about how we treat people among other things. But that's the most important thing because I'm not talking to anybody but a person right now. This podcast exists for people. How are you treating the people around you? Because they matter the most. And you must believe this. And if you're going to do things the biblical way, you must esteem these people higher than you esteem yourself. And if you're not doing that, then you're choosing to go counter to best practices, not according to me, but according to the Bible. So that's the first lesson I think we can take out of this. The second lesson is this work unto God. We talked earlier about how a lot of people got displaced. A lot of people got laid off as a result of the pandemic. That's absolutely true. And some of you can attest to that. This is why I would say you need to work unto God. If you're going to college, don't go to college because your parents told you to go to college. Go to college because you feel that that's the best thing for your future. And you need to go there knowing that your studying is an act of worship because everything you do should be an act of worship if you're a Christian. If you're working on a job that you don't like, you need to work unto God. And here's why that's very important. I want you to hear me very closely. If you work at a job that you don't like, I need you to understand that if you go into work and you're mad every day and you're upset and you have an attitude, if you leave work every day and you need to find the nearest person who will listen to you to complain about what such and such did, to complain about how bad the company is, you need to either leave the company or you need to ask God to give you the patience and the perspective to work that job unto his honor because you are not working unto God and living and working miserably because my Bible and your Bible tells us that God loves a cheerful giver and he does not want your offering of misery. <laughs> and that's a little bit of a creative license on my part, but I 
I'm going to stand by that. God does not want your offering of misery. He wants you to give cheerfully, not just as an act of worship, but to the people you serve. Even if you work at a McDonald's or a restaurant, you are still serving people. And it is not up to you to say, well, you know, these people are not worthy of my service. If that be the truth, then you need to hand in your resignation letter as soon as you possibly can, because you don't want to serve those people. And there's no the worst servant is the servant who don't want to serve. Don't do it. And this is this this is a simple fact. (laughs) This is I mean, we don't need to go into more detail, but if something is so bad that you are always complaining, if something is so bad that you're always you know, just miserable. And let's say you have prayed and you just, I mean, you just can't find the strength. You can't find the wherewithal to do it. I mean, I don't know your situation. Don't take this as like some type of expert advice, but maybe you need to make a move. I read a Twitter post or tweet the other day and this girl was like, uh, or this lady, she was like, if you can't find a way, make a way. And it's so simple and so powerful. Like if if it's not the thing, if you can't make it, if 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 all your cheeriness is artificial, if your joy is hard won and you got to get in a boxing ring just to put a smile on your face while at the job and you're doing your level best and God knows this. And if that's the truth, maybe seek him for the next thing. If you feel like you are doing OK and this is good, the Lord got me for now, but I just know I can't do this forever. That's a beautiful thing. You probably shouldn't if that's how you feel. Start thinking about what you can create and what you can do. What do you want your life to look like? You only got one life here and now. What are you doing with this one shot? Don't spend it languishing. And that'll do it for today's episodes, my friends. I appreciate you tuning in. I know this was a longer episode, but I hope you found a great deal of value or at least a modicum of value in what was said. Listen, I know some of you might disagree with some particular point, even if you agree with the whole of it, um, or maybe you disagree with the whole of it. I welcome these discussions because we here know how to argue at Sundry Thoughts Podcast. If you haven't heard that podcast, go back and listen to it. But listen, I want you to have an excellent day, an excellent week, wherever you are. Remember to engage us at sundrythoughtspodcast at gmail.com, but especially on our social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Find us on those handles, and those are all going to be searchable on those platforms. Look forward to hearing from you, and I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you.